2: Welcome to the show. This is the day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And as you know by now, this is a program dedicated to taking phone calls and answering your Bible questions or life questions. And on Thursdays especially, because Paul is really, really, really smart, you can ask anything. And she's here to answer those questions. All you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email your questions to us by emailing questions at calvaryessay.com or you can use our Calvary Chapel mobile app. It is also free. If you're driving in your car on the wet streets out there today, uh, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner uh, at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. And the rest of it is all hands-free. One more time, three four zero ninety five eighty five. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, sweetie. We've been hanging out all day, but it's different than we used to hang out, huh?
3: Yeah, it's real different. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm thankful that we get to hang out, but it's kind of dreary and a little bit drab. And yet, as I'm talking, I'm getting ready to slap myself. What? You know why? Because huh. I have been saying this for the last two or three days my word is resolve I have resolved and I told a couple of my friends just yesterday I've re- and one today I've resolved to stop whining about the fact that we can't all be together I have resolved to fall more in love with Jesus I have resolved to make better use of my time and then I have resolved what's my last one um, to be more grateful so I was just started out already kind of whining, and you can hear the attitude. Of, I'm slapping myself, right? Yeah,
2: see, I'm feeling guilty for asking you the question.
3: Don't feel guilty, baby. Oh. There's no guilt zone. <laughs> you got your own walk. I got my own walk. But, yeah, no, you know, it is different. It's, it's very different. And I heard you were talking about me on the, on the show. I don't know. Every day is kind of running together now um, that it, it's harder for me because I'm used to being around people. You know, you teach them, and then I I love on them and encourage them. Okay, let's do what Pastor Ross said. You know, we could all learn and grow together because I'm just in the congregation. And so not to be able to to be with them and touch them and look at them eye to eye is really kind of rough. I've been having some of my my friends take pictures of themselves and then (laughs) send me a picture, you know. Others, I tried to FaceTime one, and we got different kind of phones, so... We couldn't we couldn't see each other, but she, she and the baby took a picture today, and they sent it to me. So that was I don't want to forget my people, you know.
2: You know this is this is hard. We've had some new babies that we haven't been able to go see. I know. And um, you know that that's very unusual for us. Mm-hmm. We we I I especially like going to see the babies. I got my whole thing I do with them, you know, yeah. and pray for them and yeah. whisper in their ear and. Yeah listen to them quiet down because they know my voice, mm-hmm. they've been listening to it for mm-hmm. the whole time in their mother's womb. Yeah. Um, we got people who are not feeling well, we, we don't have anybody yet affected by the virus that, that uh, others are dealing with, but it's just a strange, strange time. We were talking today, Paul, and I said, you know, we, people are in the hospital and and some are dying. There was the, the breaking news story about the senior citizen center on the south side, where there is an outbreak of coronavirus. And um, I, I just think, Paul, all those people are alone, and you know, family members can't go. Um, we've got people in the church that minister in nursing homes, mm-hmm. and and we can't go do anything. It's, this is what we do, yeah. and so naturally, there's a there's a big void. And you know, patience, that's all we can Yeah. Ask for. Yeah.
3: It's a it's just a new time. Um where you know that, that song Draw Me Close to You, I was listening to it again this morning, you know. Draw me close to you. I was
2: gonna say, won't you sing it? Never let me go. <laughs>
3: I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. And so sitting around you know, and, and and resolving to make better use of my time. You know, I, I'm Pastor Ron's wife, and so uh, most of the stuff I do, you know, it's well, pretty much all the stuff I do is good stuff. It's godly stuff. But I I, I realize that I've kind of gotten into a a busy routine of doing stuff, and um, this is a time where, you know, the Lord says just why don't you just come over here and sit down for a minute? You know, I I love the fact that you you minister to lots of people, and, you know, your your works are bringing me lots of honor, and I appreciated him telling me that, you know. But, you know, the reboot, remember that word we've been using for (laughs) a couple of years? This is a really good time to uh, really take that to heart and and reboot and get to know him um, to a greater level than ever before. You know, uh, you are more the, you're the foundation guy. I'm more the kite string.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just, whoo, you know, where are we going, Lord? What you doing here? And uh, screaming and hollering the whole time, you know, and the Lord knows where his kite is going, and I don't. And so it's one of those where he says, you know, if you're attached to this kite, you're okay. You know, the wind doesn't know where it's going either. And so, Paula, if you just hold on to me, get to know me a little bit better, the the woo will kind of be a wee, <laughs> and it'll be a lot more fun. And so, as I've been sitting and and taking in uh, the Lord, he's kind of he's changing me, and so it's a good thing. I was going through uh, a drawer the other day, and uh, this this is dated January. 2nd, 2009. And this is what I asked. I said, I asked the Lord, what do you pray for me? And I wrote this on my paper. I asked the Lord, what do you pray for me? And this is God's prayer for me. He says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And you know that, that well, of course you know the scripture. He who began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Well, that's his prayer for me, and for me to just be still and relax, because this is what he prays for me, and... He's going to make this come to pass, and I just need to believe that.
2: Well, that was eleven years ago,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he's done that.
3: Mm.
2: And we never stopped growing. Yep, but he's done that. Mm. See?
3: Yeah.
2: See, he always prays in the will of. His Father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and he'll really mean. Me. <laughs> yeah. <So he'll> <laughs> but, but, but see, that, that's a neat thing. I think sometimes if we sort of quiet down long enough to say, okay, Lord, what's your heart for me? Mm-hmm. And typically, Paul, and I don't know that this was the case in this case with you, but typically when we're reading the Word, the Holy Spirit will speak those things to our heart. Mm-hmm. And I've said many, many times, um, especially to our church, that if you're struggling with prayer, Read some of those prayers in the New mm-hmm. Testament. Mm-hmm. Paul writing to the church in in Colossae. The, those prayers in the first chapter are magnificent. There's, there's other prayers later. Uh, his prayers for the Ephesians. His prayers for uh, the Philippians and the circumstances that he was going through during that time. Uh, those are prayers that will give us great insight. Daniel's prayer in um, um, chapters 9 and 10 of his prophecy I mean those are the kind of prayers that if we'll just pray them um, God'll answer them there we know their prayers in the middle of his will and mm-hmm. we know that if we pray those prayers in his will we have what we've asked for and and um, you know 11 years ago and um, you've grown a bunch well
3: praise the Lord and you know that's the thing sometimes when we ask uh there's some times when we don't really see the growth, you know, and that's why I think another reason why the body is is good, too, that we'd be able to see that growth in others. And I can see it in other people easier than I can see it in myself. Is that normal? Yeah. OK, good. Because, uh, you know, I'm trying to be normal.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's normal. <dumb. laughs> but, but you know, you, you will never be normal. No, I'll never be normal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that's OK. I don't need to be normal, but I am a child of God. That's another one of my songs, but, uh, yeah. uh, Just in this time, you know what one of the coolest things has been is watching the body uh, take care of itself. You know, when we have the afterglows, you know, the, the body is ministering one to another through words, but in times like this, to actually see Um, The body taking care of each other And for those of Calvary Chapel of San Antonio I keep having uh, quite a few families uh, Texting me saying You know, my husband and I have prayed Or I've prayed and the Lord has blessed me And I want to help I want to help And so uh, Mama Paula If you know of anybody who needs anything Please let me know And to be able to do that Has been such a blessing There was one day Um, that it seemed like every time I just sat down to get back to my my study, somebody was texting me saying, I'm on my way to the house, I'm bringing you this, I'm bringing you that. Just over and over again. It was such a fun day. And then to be able to turn around and kind of be the the go-between hands that got to pass the stuff on to others because most of the people want to stay anonymous, how fun was that just? Like receiving from the Lord's hand, or, you know, he says, if you just get back into the cleft, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some, some, some food from the ravens, you know. It was kind of like one of those kind of things that God's gonna take care of you, you know, when the, when the toilet paper runs out at the store, I'm gonna make sure. <laughs> 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 and, and I heard one pastor say. What's the run on the toilet paper about? You know, this virus is not gonna make you have to use more toilet paper. But uh, anyway, so people were needing their paper goods and.
2: When I, when I first heard the run, is is this that bad? bad. So I, I don't want it. I'll stay inside. I don't want. It. I'll stay
3: inside 'cause I don't want that kind of virus. But anyway, so there was a run on the toilet. Paper. I have I have enough toilet paper at my house. I think Jesus will be back. <laughs> So I've been, able to, I've been able to give it out. So, yeah, but hopefully he'll come next week, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm not
2: naming a date, so don't anybody get crazy, but today I'm, would be good. Yeah, you know? I'm thinking, I'm <laughs> thinking you're usually a little more optimistic than yeah. that. Uh, you know, Paul, when you talk about watching the body minister one to another, and, and um, you know, th- this is a time, uh, if there's ever been a time. Uh, for something like this, imagine what the church would have been like in in other plagues in history, uh, whether it was smallpox or the bubonic plague or any of the other real disastrous things that happened. Well, um, you know, the, the, because of the technology that we have, uh, most people—not <laughs> me, but most people—can really stay uh, connected to one another, and our church body is ministering. It's sort of like when our kids were graduating high school and. Going like off to do their own thing in college or wherever it was they were going, and you you have those moments where oh I hope we did a good job I hope they're going to be okay, mm-hmm. um, and then when you see them doing well it, it's such a source of pride and um, um, I, I I think people have been trying to encourage me more than the other way around mm-hmm. and um, it's it's just been wonderful to watch you know it's like we did okay. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and, again, you're the foundation guy. And so, you know, that the Lord has called you to do this. And this is what you know you're supposed to do. And so you're so cute, you know. You've, you've got the same routine. And and to watch you on Wednesday and Friday, to get your clothes together, to bring up here to the office so after you've done your study and stuff, to change into your church clothes, <laughs> to come out to Matthew, Elaine and Jocelyn Sam David Rhoda and me that's it right
2: that's it (laughs)
3: yeah and like
2: but I always told you it didn't matter to me it really doesn't matter to me whether there's a thousand people there or one people
3: I know the Lord taught you that one person one person yeah Yeah. the Lord taught you that many years ago huh yeah when you said you know Paula, let's just go home it's just nobody's coming and the Lord said what is she chopped liver no (laughs) Yeah. So,
2: but but seriously, it just it doesn't matter to me. I, I I obviously I like seeing people and and especially when you love them the way we love them. Mm-hmm. But um, the truth is, it it doesn't matter who I'm in front of or who who's in front of me. Yeah. Um, there's a job to do, yeah. and you just do your job, and then God does His job.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were talking about the worship team last night about about the hearts of Pastor Lane, Jocelyn, and Matthew. If they were here uh, just because they had to be here, kind of a thing. Uh, that would not be worship, uh, but just being here because you want to be here, you love the Lord, and if if having a full church was the only motivation for coming, that's not the that's not the point. The point is is Jesus. Holy Spirit, God the Father,
2: they're the audience. Yeah, well, you know, when we we teach on the parable of the Pearl of Great Price, we always tell people that, you know, if you were the only one that would have said yes to this offer of eternal life, Jesus still would have died. Mm -hmm. You were worth it. When he found one of great value, Mm -hmm. the parable says. And um, that's got to be our approach. You know, we we pastors often... um, We're looking out at crowds and getting our energy from the crowd, kind of thing. But that's just performing. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's just one person, you know, our worship team—we can only have three because we've got to stay less than ten in the in the yeah. building. Yeah. And um, um, I, I miss the other guys. I miss seeing what they've done. Our our lead guitar player was was homeless at one time, and uh, many, many, many years ago, mm-hmm. we sort of picked him up at the joy of Jesus. And and he's been faithful for 15 years, yeah. and and I can't look into his eyes and see that he's okay. Um, our drummer is the biggest nut in the whole world. <laughs> I mean, he's just one of the really truly delightful men to be around in the yeah. whole world. But he's nuts. Mm-hmm. And
3: oh, he's uh, better on on worship practice nights too. Oh, I love being around Joel. Yeah,
2: But th- those are the kind of things that that we, we just now we're going to do without. And mm-hmm. somebody came in and said that uh, um, the rumor is that they're going to extend these things through May now. And, um, you know, I, I, we don't know if there's any validity to that. But uh, to be without these people that we watch growing up, it's like when your kids go off, I said earlier. Mm-hmm. And, and you just have to trust that what you've done is the right thing. And remember, of course, that... Um, that um, it's God's job, yeah. not our job. It's God's job to to lead them in the way that they should go. Mm-hmm. I think of, of of the Apostle Paul um, writing to the Philippians, and you know, if Paul had an ego, uh, it would have been horrible because he's in jail and everything's going better. He says he says actually, because of these chains mm-hmm. the brothers have mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. more uh, emboldened. emboldened to to, mm-hmm. to declare the gospel of Christ. I mean, mm-hmm. If people are getting saved, they don't even need me. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's supposed to be in the body of Christ. So that's one of the things that this virus is going to do. Uh, It may change things forever. We don't know yet um, in terms of how we do church. um, The the country that we live in, we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. We can only guess. But we know that God still works. God said that the gates of hell will not prevail against His church. And so um, we who are here in these very last days, we've really got work to do. And we've got to stay focused on Him and not on the circumstances around us. And it's really difficult Mm -hmm. because we really love what we do. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody said, do you vote to change things? No, I don't vote to change anything. But, um, you know, God doesn't give us a vote in these things. So here's what we know. God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And we certainly are among those two groups.
3: Mm -hmm. You know, what I've been thinking is, um, you know, one day just praying for my neighbors to the right and then another day just praying for my neighbors to the left. You know, I really don't know them all that well. You know, people don't, uh, we don't, go to people's houses so much anymore
2: it wasn't like when we grew up when we
3: grew up we would sit outside and you know i lived on a cul-de-sac and both of my parents worked so all the other parents who are stay-at-home parents you know they had the responsibility you know the privilege of watching out for us they also had the permission that if we acted up you know what I'm saying? Smack you. <laughs> so, whoop them and whoop them as long as you think you need to. Yeah. You know, and when I get home, I'll, I'll I'll take off where you left off, kind of a thing. Um, but it's not that way any longer. Yeah. Um, our our garage is on the back of the house. Um, and many others are as well. But then the other ones, opposite, they come through the front. And we hardly ever see each
2: other. That's because people don't use their garages. They get their garages <laughs> packed with junk. Yeah, that's true. You know, so.
3: Yeah. But, yeah, but so... Pray for my neighbors to the right, you know, as I look at my house. um, Or pray for the neighbors, like yesterday, to to the left as you look at my house. And, And she happened to come out. She's a teacher. And so she's at home, you know, doing the computer teaching thing. And her husband works for HEB. And instead of being in the stores, they put him in the warehouse. And he's a guy who, for the whole time he's there, he's... Um, disinfecting the product from at the warehouse before it goes to the stores and so it's like oh wow you know you just you don't know what people do so I'm learning who they are and um, she she was saying that she makes him you know close the garage because they park both of their cars in the driveway close the garage and he has to get undressed there put his clothes in the washing machine before he can come in the house take a shower and then he could talk to her <laughs> <laughs> and she said he's kind of been rolling his eyes about that, but she said, "You know, I'm I'm being careful." And and he was like, "Well, if my time, it's my time to go." And I, I was like, "Oh, I wonder if he's a Christian." But I didn't ask that. And so what I said was, um, "Yeah, that's true." You know, we have we have a church and a school. To, when she got back to her being a teacher. Um, and and I said, I I bet you after all of this, the kids are going to really appreciate their teacher and their school. And she says, Well, that's my hope. She said, but more the parents <laughs> who have been in my face several times saying, You just have it out for me for my child, and my child never lives. And, and I said, She said, I bet you they're finding out who their child is today. <laughs> and uh, I said, Yeah, but you know. We pray for all of our kids that they will be respectful and honoring <laughs> to their parents and be grateful for their teachers.
2: Let's take a break real quick, Paul, and go with to talk to Jimmy on line one. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
3: Oh, uh, yesterday,
1: yesterday I was uh, listening to the pastor after you. Well, I forget his name. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Rander, Rander Draper.
1: Yes, uh, he was preaching about 2 Timothy chapter 3. Men are going to be lovers of themselves and all that. So, and, and then he said that people people are going to be who people are in the church um, are going to, in the last days, they're going to leave the church. Some people will leave the church. Yep. And, and that was kind of, it kind of blew me away. Um, so I shared with my neighbor. Well, he's a, he's a Christian, but he, he said, he said that, that that's not good to preach during his time. I said, well, no, dude, because this is the last days and people need to be born. And um, you know, I, I said, I, I like to hear sermons like that because I, I want to know more. You know, I want to mm-hmm. learn more. Well, Jimmy,
2: we're going we're, we're gonna to be in 2 Timothy. We're doing First and Second Timothy on Sundays now, so it won't be too long. But you're right, there is going to be a great falling away. And when I said at the beginning of this whole virus issue that, that I think God is using this to shake out His church, and we may see that falling away. Thank you for calling, Jimmy. I appreciate it very, very much. We've got 30 minutes left in the day day edition of the program. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Or toll-free, 877-630-KSLR. It's Thursday. Paula's here. We'd love your calls. We'll be back in two minutes. If you have questions about the Bible, you can send them to Pastor Ron and he'll answer them on the air or
3: reply directly to you. Email your questions to Pastor Ron KSLR at gmail.com. That's Pastor Ron KSLR at gmail.com.
0: back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh
2: welcome back to the show 340-9585 paul before you go on here's a question that just now came in uh to our email inbox anonymously um He or she says, I know of a situation about a man who claims to be a Christian whose wife left him. Sometime later, she came back and repented to the Lord and then directly to him. She asked to be allowed back into the house, but he said no. That has been a few years now, and they're still in the same situation. And even though I and others have encouraged him to, he has yet to let her back into the house. They are not divorced. My question is this. Is this a type of willful sin, a type of adultery? Since he is not his own, and his body is not his own, and he's withholding husbandly duties to his wife, is that a sinful lifestyle that he's living with that in mind? Is he truly a Christian? Anonymous, uh, I'm going to let Paula handle this, but let me first say, we don't know uh, anybody's heart. Um, to, 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 to We can look at, and you've done this faithfully, you, you can look at his lifestyle and the choices that he's made, and um, um, you can say you're not behaving as a Christian would behave, but we can't know the heart. There's something else that's important to understand here, Paula, is that we can't know all the circumstances. That's what I was say. You know, when the wife left him, mm-hmm. did she leave him for somebody else? Is she guilty of adultery? If she's guilty of adultery, then in fact he has the legal right, uh, given to him by the Lord, to divorce her. Um, um you know we, we may not like that, and, and certainly reconciliation and forgiveness is always um, God's first choice. Um, when God gives us the right to leave somebody and divorce them, um, then then nobody can take that away. I, I, I he, he ought to decide what he's going to do. Um, this is a situation where he ought to sit down with his pastor, um, but if if she is not guilty of adultery, um, maybe he's just angry, maybe he's just hurt. Um, he, this is a place where he really needs pastoral counsel. What do you think, Paul?
3: That's exactly what I was going to say. We don't know the circumstances. How many times, you know, has this, maybe whatever the situation might be. And, you know, I've kind of, I've been trying to learn this, Pastor Rod, to kind of mind my own business. Um and, and not be so involved in other people's stuff and just pray and let the Lord work that out. Um, but, yeah, but if if, if they're not going to be reconciled, then they should be divorced. And I, some people can't afford the divorce, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and so they're just kind of stuck. Uh, and I don't know. I I just don't know, and I don't want to be judgy in this. Um, But, yeah, there's just, I don't know all the circumstances. So it's it's just a matter of prayer and and trusting God with the whole situation. Um, But sometimes, you know, they've gone around that mountain just one time too many, and people just get fed up.
2: And you know, one of the things that we've we've talked about on this program before in other situations, especially in the case of adultery, when somebody's repentant, um, God alone knows how, how genuine their repentance is. Yeah. And we've had people who uh, the Lord has spoken to their heart and said, no, stay, and pray for him or pray for her. Um, we've had other people, God said, no, you can leave. Mm-hmm. And And it's because God knows the future, God knows the condition of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we, we don't know this. Uh, I'm, You know, we have to be careful. Um, this is a friend, obviously, somebody who has a, a, a platform from which to talk to this man. Um, but we, we want not to be Job's friends in these things. These, this is a time where we sit down and we ask people, look, is this something that you've prayed about? God's first choice is always reconciliation. Why is it that you're unwilling to reconcile? And if if they're unwilling to reconcile just because they're angry or just because it's flesh or no she hurt me and i'm gonna you know I'm gonna make her hurt whatever the reasons are
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, then we can be in a position to give better counsel but um um if he remains married um if he is unwilling to cooperate to get a divorce so that both people can then be free, then he's in a really really difficult position this is a guy who needs. To go talk to his pastor, because
3: mm-hmm. they both have to remain celibate. They're both still married. Yep. There can't be any dating,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, and so they they need that kind of counsel. Um,
2: and we can say this because we've had so many people um, when when a husband or a wife left, um, and they were they were begging God for reinstatement for for reconciliation. Oh, please bring him home, Lord! Please bring her home. Um, um, there's a lot of people that love to be in this position where the, 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 the sinner would actually come and say Jesus I'm sorry please forgive me mm-hmm. and then ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. and I don't know Paula this is a hard one for me I don't know how we could withhold forgiveness from somebody no matter how badly they've hurt us in view of what we've done to God yeah, exactly. and he was so eager to forgive us
3: yeah. I, I totally agree
2: so I would counsel him anonymous, I would counsel this man um, to go talk to his pastor. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he says, I'm not wanting to do that, just say, you know what, let's talk about your faith. Ask him if he's really born again. Mm-hmm. Ask him, and, and ask him directly. Say, you say you're a Christian, when did you get saved? When did you get born again? Mm-hmm. And are there other fruits of the Spirit that are evident in this man's life? Because you know, my Bible says that um, if we refuse forgiveness to others uh, then we ourselves will not be forgiven. And those letters are in red yeah. in our Bibles. So it's a very, very difficult thing. And um, if he is punishing her, um, that's never, ever yeah, the heart that's of not God. The
3: Lord. That's right.
2: That's never the heart of God. So without more information, Anonymous, that's we can't really do more. But as a friend, you're in a position to influence, a position to talk, and as Paul has said, a position to pray for him. Let him know that that on the surface his behavior appears to be ungodly. Mm -hmm. And since you are a godly man, that's what you say, Mm -hmm. share your heart with me. Let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. And if he's unwilling to do that, then probably there's some issues with his heart with the Lord. But beyond that, without details, we can't really, really know.
3: Yeah, that's hard. Sorry. Yeah, especially if there's kids involved, you know. That that makes it really, really difficult because the kids are watching people who are remember, calling professing Christians and the kids are watching all of this, if there's kids involved, and they're like, what is going on? Yeah, so, yeah but that's hard because we don't know.
2: So. For, for anybody to have a hard, unforgiving heart is the most dangerous of all places to be, spiritually speaking, mm-hmm. because the enemy will grab hold of that and never let go. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Paul, what's next on your list?
3: Well... You know, in my rebooting sessions in this this quiet time that I'm having, um, I was looking at Isaiah 26 and uh, one through six, one through well, maybe just one through four, really. Um, in that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song, and this kind of um, is how I've been kind of. So 26, Isaiah. Isaiah 20? 26. 26. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm.
3: Our city is strong. This is New Living Translation. Our city is strong. And I was thinking of, you know, the the Christians that we're talking about today as far as, you know, looking around at our, our church body and how they're loving on each other. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. I've been praying, Lord. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. I'm trying. Lord, please let them come back to church. Oh, I'm whining. I was whining right there, wasn't (laughs) it? Oops, sorry. Allow the,
2: open the gates. No, with grateful heart, you can make your request known to God.
3: That's true. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. You know, and we can, we can be assured You know, we're listening to all of our You know, our leaders And we should be praying for them And stuff like that But, you know, it goes on in 5 and 6 says, he humbles the proud And brings down the arrogant city He brings it down to the dust The poor and oppressed trample it underfoot And the needy walk all over it You know, we're going to be okay We're all going to be okay Either, Either this thing will end And We'll be back together, or we'll be with Jesus. But we're going to be okay. And I really want to um, encourage us all, you know, to remember that we live with the strong man, Jesus, that, that strong man. Um, and he's surrounding us with his walls of salvation. I mean, he's, he's holding us all together. And uh, he is going to either open these gates and allow the faithful to enter back here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio but he's also going to open the gates and all who are righteous will enter
2: well, I, I, I promise place. the first church service there will be better than the next church service here
3: yeah <laughs> for sure
2: and see the context of this passage of scripture is the day of Jesus' return mm-hmm. um, the reference today to judgment probably. Revelation chapter 19 mm-hmm. when he comes back will be with him But uh, remember prior to that, seven years prior to that, we're going to be called up to be with Him. He's going to take us to be with Him where He is. And He made us such wonderful promises. What He's saying is there's finally going to be justice on the earth, true, true justice. Um, God then and now turns the world, the the things of this world, upside down. And uh, the whole point is those who are proud are going to get humbled. I've been watching um, some uh, news stories. I I can't read a lot, so just the the headlines and stuff on my news feeds. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see all of these famous people, and they're just stuck in their homes, just like we are. Mm -hmm. And God is humbling them, you know. Their money doesn't really have any value to them at this point. Their their homes might be nicer that they're locked down in, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. but... they, um, um, they're they not free to do anything that we're not free to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, God's always going to humble the people. We we get so proud, so haughty, that at some point God says, let me take them down a peg or two, and maybe they'll turn to me. And one of the things that's absolutely clear during this time is there's going to be a whole bunch of people get saved as a result of of this crisis.
3: Yeah. Um I was thinking, too, you know, I was listening. You talked about famous people. I was listening, uh, you know, Kevin Durant and the other basketball players who had contacted this are all better. But at the same time, just like everybody else, they're going to be losing money because every time there's a game that's not played, they're going to be losing like 1%. That doesn't sound like a whole lot for you and me because they're 1%. We could take that. You know, it'd be all right. Uh, But, yeah, but they're going to be losing money just like everybody else because they can't do what they do.
2: Actually, they lose a lot because their paychecks aren't like ours week to week or month to month. Mm -hmm. They get paid per game. So every game there's a check. That's right. And a guy that makes uh, $30 million a year, like Kevin Durant, well, you divide 82 into $30 million. That's how much money he's losing uh, every time the game isn't played. Mm And there's nothing that they can do about that. Yeah,
3: yeah. nothing at all. And, you know, presidents and uh, dictators and drug lords, everybody um, is affected, and quite a few of them are not making it. Mm-hmm.
2: You read the fourth verse in your translation. I'm, I'm assuming that's the New Living Translation. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's so much more powerful in the NIV. List. This is, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord. Mm-hmm. I like that repetition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is the rock yeah. eternal? Yeah. I really like that exhortation. Yeah,
3: me too. I, you know, what? I the, the 1984 NIV, I like it the best, too. Not that I don't like my NLT. Well, sounding, sounding kind of whiny right there. No, no oh, way. Well, come on, girl! But no, I like the the nineteen eighty four NIV a lot too. Even as I've been reading to you um, in in Genesis, you know where where the Lord said to Cain, you know, if you do what is right, will it not go well with you? Well, in the even in the eighty four NIV, it says, "Will you not be accepted?" I like. Where was that? Will it not go well with you? What was that
2: one? I probably made it up. <laughs> Because that's why it says, will you not be accepted? Yeah. It really means, look, if you just do the right thing, it'll go well with you. I said that in the Bible study last night. Yeah. Repeatedly in okay. Genesis chapter 4, uh, my exhortation to the people was simply do the right thing. It's not hard to do the right thing. Yeah. And when you don't do the right thing and it doesn't go well with you, then there's going to be all kinds of consequences. Yeah.
3: And don't blame God.
2: And don't blame God. <laughs> in our study next Wednesday night... Cain is going to say to God, you drove me out of the garden. God's going to say, I didn't, I just Uh gave you the rules. You're the one who said no. Uh
3: That's why I told Ronnie, we told Ronnie and Terry, if you drink and drive, you are telling us you don't want to live here anymore. And so when they drank and they drove and you said, okay, I don't know where you're going to live, but it's not here. They're like, you meant that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably be using that illustration when uh, I <laughs> do that study next week.
3: That that was cool. You know, while we're at home too, Proverbs 4.23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You know, we can sit around and be angry at the Chinese communists or whoever, whoever who started this whole virus thing and be ugly, and yet, you know, we understand that Even in this, God allowed it. And so, um, you know, I could have all my focus be on just angry, you know. Can't go to the store. Pretty soon I'm going to have to wear a a mask over my face, you know, and it's going to be a long kind of thing. I could be angry. Just just don't make any sense. But I better guard my heart (laughs) (laughs) above all else where it determines the course of my life. Because I could be just, I don't want to end up bitter, you know? I want to be better, Pastor Ron.
2: You know, I'm laughing because this morning when I was exercising, and I'll tell you how much things have changed. We exercise on Thursday. Thursday day has always been a no exercise zone. That's right. We we drive by the gym and say, we're not coming to see you today kind of thing. And we can't go to the gym, but we're out running and we're doing, we're we're, we're exercising. Yeah. But, but today as I was out exercising, thinking, you know, Lord, the truth is, my nature is rebellious. And when people take away freedoms, they tell me I can't do this, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. My flesh wants to do what they tell me not to do. I know.
3: What was the man's name? Had the sign on his yard, said don't step on his grass. Had the nicest yard mm-hmm. ever in your neighborhood. was his name?
2: Mr. Vasquez. You can, you can tell I use the same illustrations too yeah. much. But yeah. growing up, now I, I don't know if anybody knows what dichondra is anymore. But he There's and his, some
3: people your age. Don't worry he, about it. He and, they his, know.
2: he and his wife <laughs> had the perfect Diconder yard. And when we were kids going to school, walk around the corner. He lived on a corner. He had signs on that lawn. because He and his wife spent all day out there. Yeah. And it looked pristine. Yeah. And Mr. Vasquez was officially like 406 years old. <laughs> but, but they were out there every single day. Uh-huh. And when I saw that sign, and it never occurred to me to walk across his lawn. Yeah. But when I saw that sign. Uh-huh. I don't know. And then I thought, you know, we can walk across this lawn, make a shortcut. We, we created like a path yeah. in his dichondra lawn. Um, and, and what I had to tell the Lord this morning, he was gently correcting me. Um, you know, as long as he don't ask you to do something that violates what I've told you to do, just do it. You know, we've been trying to figure out how we can have a drive up Easter Sunday, and yeah. the city here doesn't want us to do it. Nobody wants us to do it, but but we at Calvary Chapel, we want to get together. We do it in a minute. It's Easter. Mm-hmm. This is our one of. This is a great day. It's our day. It's my time. Yeah, and <laughs> and and the problem, you know, he said, can't you just do what they ask you to do? Yeah. And on the heels of last night's Bible study, if you do what is right, <laughs> we'll, we'll start go going. Well. <laughs> You know, I, I said, Lord, you know what? I'm, I'm, you know my flesh, and I know my flesh. Mm-hmm. So all I need you to do, Lord, is when I get fleshy, you convict me. And you know, I'm sure it didn't say exactly this, but it was, oh, I can do that. You
3: know? <laughs> Just wait. I hope you don't have a, a lot but, of knots on your head. Pastor but see, Mark. the thing
2: is, we we have we have so many opinions about things. Yeah. And oh no this is the way it should be. We we've, we've grown up in this country with freedom. And instead of using that freedom to honor God, we've used that freedom to insulate ourselves. And and you know Paul wasn't free when he wrote the prison epistles. Paul wasn't free. Um when he would rather be out telling people about Jesus. Uh Peter was thrown into jail repeatedly. John the beloved was 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 tortured and Thrown into jail over and over, and they weren't free, and yet God somehow did marvelous things. So what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do, not we. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bite my lip and I want to say something when I think my opinion matters, and I'm simply going to say, you know, Lord, I can do that, and if I can do that, and you know, for me getting up this morning and saying, you know. Um, it might be raining tomorrow and I won't be able to go out and run so I'm going to go do it today. Um, I think that was orchestrated by the Lord so He could go out and kind of get my attention a little bit and mm-hmm. and just say, you know what, I, I know this is frustrating. I know we want to be together. I know Easter's a big deal. People always get saved at our Easter services. Yeah. Um, but if you do what is right, will it not go well with you? Instead of voicing opinions, instead of, Having to get my way, it's just easier to say, Jesus, you're the one in control. You lead and guide. And I think that's not just for me. I think that's something all of us need to do, and that's hard because we want things our way, which makes us exactly the same as Cain in the Bible study last night. Yeah,
3: yeah. We're, without saying it, it's, I have my rights, and we don't have any rights you know, as Christians, you t- you teach us this all the time, that we're dead people. You know, we're the slaves to sin or slaves dead to race. Dead people don't
2: whine or complain, and dead they?
3: people don't whine. Why do you have to go there, Pastor Ron? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make a point here, man. No, no. Uh, but, yeah, no, we don't have any rights. And we don't even, we shouldn't be whining. You, you know, you talk about Paul being in prison and chained to different people all the time. And he's the one that says, you know, do all things without grumbling and complaining. Um, uh, be grateful at all times, you know. And uh, we can we can do that. The same Holy Spirit that that lived in Paul lives mm-hmm. in us. We can choose. Yeah. I just got to make the right choices. And,
2: and, and truly, when we do the right thing, it does go well with us. Yeah. Well, Paula, we're inside four minutes. I was just about to give the phone number for calls, but, but I didn't realize we'd taken so much time in this half of the program. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with your last four minutes today?
3: Um, those I want to just encourage those who either uh, used to walk with the Lord; they they were so excited about going to the house of the Lord, and then for whatever reasons they they stopped. You know, they just stopped pursuing the Lord. They stopped uh, being in fellowship. They stopped reading their Bible. Um, they stop trusting God Uh, for those who are out there and want to return and you know what? that's the coolest thing about Jesus he doesn't care the reason that you return if it's just because you're afraid you know that you might get the coronavirus and die and somebody's probably asked you or maybe you even had a nightmare uh, where will you go if you don't make it through Um, or or you're going through all of this alone, and you used to be in the body, and you had a family like we're talking about today, and now you're going through stuff all alone with no one to encourage you. For those of you who want to return, Jesus' arms are so open wide mm-hmm. for you, and like I'm saying, he doesn't care the reason or the reasons you want to return to him. If, if it was only for you that this coronavirus has been allowed, that it would bring you back to him, then it's worth it to him.
2: Yeah, and, and let me add this, Paul, because I'm getting a lot of emails from people who um, are finding themselves drifting away. Some have already fallen away from the Lord in their time. And the, and the, the truth is, that we don't do very well alone. And when we have quiet, when we're forced to stay inside closed doors, um, Jesus says, yeah, you don't have to be there alone. If we' we're, if we're there alone, we're going to complain, we're going to grumble,'re our mind's gonna wonder the enemy is going to be there. But, but if we're hanging out with Jesus there, if we're doing what you're doing in your time alone at home, Paula, um, just sing, Lord, examine my heart, I want to talk to you, I want direction from you. I want to be more like you. Um, my exhortation is for everybody to realize we don't do well alone, so don't be alone. be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you're with Jesus, it doesn't matter whether you're all alone in your home, or whether you're out in the streets walking, it doesn't matter. Um, today I'm on my run, and then my, I run quite a ways out so I can spend a lot of time walking and praying, um, there were a lot of people in the streets. A lot of people, more people exercising as one good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get a chance to talk to people from more than street. six feet away, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And um, it's just it's just an opportunity. To to be a light in the middle of all of this darkness, and I don't think things are going to change for well. So this is one of those things, Paula, that we um, we've got a purpose in our hearts. We're going to get up every day with focus, and we're going to keep that focus, and then we won't get in trouble. We won't get in trouble. Yeah. You're inside one minute, babe. What do you want to talk about?
3: Okay, just yes. I love you guys. We miss everybody. Um, tomorrow night, seven o'clock. You know, we've been having issues with the the live stream, and so um, be patient with us, yes. And uh, if you could maybe tune in, especially Sunday, on the later hours, that would be a big help for us and you.
2: I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. You can also join us tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at CalvarySA.com. I'll be teaching from 1 Peter chapter 5, the first four verses. And I think it's a good study. I'm a pastor. So.
0: Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Harbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4